All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the Fourth and a Mile podcast. Um, starting off, we're going to talk about our local team and favorite, Kansas City Royals. Um, right now, we really don't know what the starting lineup is going to be, but so far, it looks like we're going to go all young guys and unknowns for the most part. By and large, it looked in that way, um, but a good starting rotation, I think. At the at the end of the day, we're looking at. Uh, Five guys that could really be good uh, for us pitching-wise. Uh, bullpen looks pretty suspect at best right now. Um, and I think as long as you're, you've got some, some pitching on hand, you should have a little bit of faith that things might, uh, might be okay. Well, we've got some young hitters. And young guys, we don't really know what they can do, like Hunter Dozier. I mean, I really like to see what he can do uh, when he actually steps up to the plate in the big time. Um, last year, I think he had a couple chances, but then he got hurt and then kind of fell apart from there. Well, and the trend with these youth, younger guys right now is swing for the fences or strike out. And we're kind of seeing that in, in spring training right now. Um wow. I've got more hay somewhere. Yeah, so Lair's got uh, three home runs, and that's it. Out of 15, 16 at-bats. He's our number one guy we need to change yeah. to make him more hit, hit in the field and not yeah, just over hit the, the fence. Just make contact. Yeah, put the ball in play. That's how we won a World Series. Exactly. So let's go back to it. Moving the line, that's what they said. <laughs> And moving the line wasn't three home runs in a row. Yeah. It was a slap single. Mm -hmm. It was a hard hit double. Followed by another slap single. Maybe a bunt in between there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. So we need to go back to that and not have these young guys that are gripping and ripping it as hard as they can. Yeah. Um, because that's not going to work. Um, you're you're not a 50 home run guy over the course of a season. Solaire is mm. probably somewhere in the 20s. Solaire could be. Um, but he also might wind up with a 209 batting average as well. But he could rip 35, 45 home runs. Yeah. But... We need to bat 300. Yeah. Not 209. Right. Not uh, 40 home runs and almost 300 strikeouts. He's going to try to go for the strikeout record. Uh, yeah, he could <laughs> very well be. It's <clears throat> And we're going to have to play him all season because that's all we got. Exactly. Because <laughs> we can't trade for anybody else because we got nobody else. Well, the way the Royals' luck has been in the past few years, it just might work. you never know yeah yeah it's crazy so i mean spring training we obviously don't take a lot of count into it but there seems to be some struggles lately now beginning they started off red hot um cruising to be almost seven and oh i think or no they they had a draw they tied yeah seven oh and one yeah yeah so, but now they've dropped two in a row. So, um, I, yeah, I still wouldn't put too much into that. Um, 
you know, we've we've talked about this with uh, preseason football. You know, I, Patriots don't win in the preseason. Yeah. Well, look where they're at. <clears throat> uh, baseball is very very similar. Um, the the guys that are on top usually are not on top at the end of the regular season. Um, and the ones that are the bottom dwellers in the in the spring training are usually your top the top crop for the for the regular season. So and then the in betweens, yeah, the in betweens may still stay in between. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, there's too many guys that are pitching. They'll be sacking groceries by the time this is all said and done. And it's just too hard to gauge what anybody's talent level is when you're when you're when you're batting against somebody that will not be playing in the major leagues next year or this upcoming year I should say yes it's it's tough so I guess that moves on to kind of the next thing should we re-sign Michael Moustakis though I'm still it's probably one of those things where if you can get a a good deal. Um, don't have to spend a ton of money on him. Sure, why not? Um, right now, it looks like you're moving towards a youth build here. Uh, why spend an exorbitant amount of money on somebody that is going to be taking up space of somebody that could be coming up and, and, and learning to position or, you know, being an up-and-comer? Um Especially if this is the route you're going is is towards the youth. Um, you've already got two positions, three positions that you're you already have veteran people at. Um, you want to add a fourth and still not be very good because the rest of the field is 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 suspect at best. Okay, give it a try, see what happens, but. Uh, that's where I stand on it. I'm just not a big fan of it right now. But if they do, they do. I would think most people would be okay with that. You know, I think most fans are okay with the new stance that Dave Moore has taken. Of we're, there's a new era. we got to move on from the old era, and we got to move on to the new one. Yes. And I think most fans are accepting of that, that kind of what happened in 14 and 15 is over now. we got to build a new team. And get back there. So bringing him back on one hand is like just trying to rekindle the old flame in a sense. You know, it's kind of oh, like yeah. taking the ex-girlfriend yeah. out again and there seeing you go. What, mm-hmm. what you can do the next time around. And then it still doesn't work. But <clears throat> on the other hand, though, you know, if we can get him cheap enough and stuff, I think I'd be okay with it. Um, so you'd I, be willing to date your ex-girlfriend if she was cheap? Yeah. <laughs> in a sense, if I don't have to spend money to still get the prize, <laughs> that's right. what it's all about. So, but on the other hand, I don't want to sign him to a long-term deal. He doesn't deserve to come here for 10 years and waste our space. Um, or even five for that matter. I mean, he's not going to get a 10-year deal. But I think part of the issue some fans could see of keeping him around for a while is that he's just going to stick around. Um, and that's what I'm scared of, is that we bring him back one year, what's going to say we don't sign him to another year? Or a two-year deal, or a three-year deal? The next thing you know, you have Mike Moustakis for 
five, seven years. And you should have moved on from him three years ago. <clears throat> right. If you do a one-year deal and the guy can go out and hit you another 38 home runs, um, I think that's probably the best-case scenario. Maybe you get rid of him at uh, you know, at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be some value to him at that point. He's only got a one-year deal in theory. Um He's blasted 26, 27 home runs at that point. Surely somebody would want him at that point. And uh, and get a draft choice or two out of it. So if you go that route, yeah, it would be it would make good sense to do that. Only, though, if you don't have to do a long contract. Um, it'd have to be a one-year deal in, in hopes that he does well enough to... To pick up with another team. Yeah, that would be about it. All right, so now onto your favorite controversial topic you want to talk about in men's oh, basketball. Yeah. What about Conzo Martin? <clears throat> You're a KU fan, so yeah. <clears throat> know that you you're not going to be a fan of this no matter what. But uh, I, I want to hear your opinion on this, Conzo Martin has um, won his 20th game last night. Um, looks to be pretty much a sure bet to be in the NCAA tournament now uh, with that win. And they also have a winning record in the SEC coming off a year where they won eight games. Should Conzo Martin be Coach of the Year? I don't think he's fully deserving of it, but I do understand the argument. Um, you know, Missouri was a terrible team last year that struggled to even win a game. Well, even just not to get blown out. Yeah. Get the blow- doors blown off of them. Right. Um, it was lucky if the game was within 20 points most of the time. Um, so... I understand the argument of saying, well, he automatically turned that program around, but I don't like the way he went about it Um, by hiring Porter's dad, essentially, to be at the school, and that's the only way you got him. Okay, I'll uh, argue back. He's played two minutes. Yeah, but... And he still got 20 wins without him. But the other thing that was, <clears throat> since Porter went there, though, you still had other players that came with Porter. It was kind of a package deal. True. And Conzo knew that. That if I bring Porter, there are going to be other guys that come and follow. Uh, because him and himself is a recruiter, you know? Sure, absolutely. Uh, yes. He's he's not... It, it's... It's not like it's no no name guy going to just some school. It's a kind of a coach who's been talked about a lot about making the big scene, like he did coming to Missouri. But now he upped it even more by bringing Porter to convince some of his friends. You know, and I'm pretty sure Conzo told Porter, "You probably need to bring a couple more people with you, though, if you want to even." Sniff success, because if it's just you, we're we're in trouble, because uh, there's nobody there. So, 
I mean, that's that's part of it too. Is you gotta you gotta bring some people. But isn't that what coaching is all about, though? Too. That is what it's all about. But <clears throat> my only thing is, though, it's not like he's had. It's not like he went out and hit the recruiting trail a little bit. It, he's not like some of these other coaches where they've tried to really build these programs up to becoming big-time successes. This is his first year. It should give it him is. somewhat of a chance to, to to put forth a little more effort on that. And well, I, I think there was a lot of effort being spent just on getting Michael Porter Jr. and, and uh, his his brother and, and his father. So if you could get those three guys there's probably a, a strong chance that you're going to have a reasonably successful team just with those three guys. But you're talking coach of the year, mm-hmm. not coach of the SEC. Correct. Coach of the SEC, I agree. He should be that. But coach of the year, I'm not buying it. I don't see that with him. I think there's other people that should be more deserving that have – Hit the hit the road hard. Have really tried to build up programs, and have tried to really turn it around. If there's been a bigger turnaround in college basketball, please show it to me. Eight wins to twenty wins. I would say the coach of the year. I think should be Dan Dan Hurley at Rhode Island. Okay, he has really turned. That program to being a team that can really show success. Um, this year, in they're in the Atlantic Ten. I know they don't really play anybody, but there are some good teams in there. Um, they play Davidson and St. Jo- Joseph's, VCU, St. Louis, George Mason. Now, most of those teams are pretty pedestrian this year, but a few of those teams have known to be really successful in the past though so but right now Dan Hurley he's sitting at the top of the Atlantic 10 with a 15 and 3 conference record so that's really good for a conference that has some success and you have two teams in there at least that are gonna make the tournament um, you have Rhode Island and um, St. Bonise I guess on adventures so I mean that's two teams that are for surefire gonna make the tournament. Rhode Island's twenty three and six. St. Bonnie's are at twenty four and six. So and Rhode Island's RPI rank, their schedule if you even really pay attention to that, is fifteen. Which is pretty good. Um, some of the other teams I can throw in here, you know, uh, we talk about uh, Clemson is a team that's going to make the tournament. Theirs is at 12. Um, a team most people respect too. You have Michigan State. Theirs is at 14. So you're talking about a team that's one rank behind Michigan State. Now they don't have as good a record, but I think he's really, I mean, Rhode Island has been known to be a cupcake of a school for many years. And I remember kind of the days KU went and played him. And it was just like, well, that's a easy road win, you know. 
pay that school some money and we'll get an easy win. Um, but I really think he's really turned that program around and they might actually make a run in the tournament. So, so let me ask you this real quick then. <clears throat> you believe um, Conzo Martin first year at Mizzou is flash in the pan, got lucky type of situation. Meanwhile, Rhode Island, a guy uh, has been there since 2012, um, has had mediocre to moderate success there, um, has finally built something that will may have some sustainability in the tournament. Um, that's that's where you're coming from. Because mm-hmm. my thing about flash in the pan type of deal is anybody, and I think. I know Kentucky has long-term success, but I think some of their national champion teams have been kind of that way a little bit. Um, you get everything right, and then you can make a run. Um, now, maybe could it be different if Michael Porter was playing? Probably, I guess. If I just feel like if you barely go, you know, you're barely making the tournament, barely scraping by. And this is this is Mizzou too, who has had a success in the, you know, Big Twelve, SEC, well, kind of the SEC, but has made it in the tournament before. It's not like Rhode Island makes it every year. It's not like they got banners hanging everywhere. I mean, they're not they're not a Mizzou that's had uh, Kim Anderson and all these other guys to, or. Uh, yeah, Kim so, Anderson was the last coach. Yeah, to um, really help him out, you know, coming from where this team had been, um, this has got to be the greatest rebuilding uh, situation in all of college sports or in all of college basketball, I should say. Eight wins. Um, I believe it was twenty wins the whole time Kim Anderson was there. Mm-hmm. Total in that three-year time frame, and twenty-ones in one year. Now, also, you had Frank Hayes there before, so the, let me put the wall started is coming it just down. That Conzo Martin is the guy that the team was always there, but the coach wasn't, or is it, or is it both? He got the right players there, and then he's the right coach for that job. Well, he wound up with. Three or four of his own players, Conzo, mm-hmm. and then the rest of them are Kim Anderson's guys, mm-hmm. and he got twenty wins out of that. Mm-hmm. Not a bad deal, um, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, maybe he's a flash in the pan, and uh, I've discussed this with somebody else before. And if this was Conzo Martin's fifth year at Mizzou, and he does the same exact thing, 2011. Um, a few of those wins were uh, finishes third, fourth, fifth in the SEC. Is he coach of the year? Nope, not at all in any way, shape, or form. But because this was the first year, and even with Michael Porter Jr. coming to Mizzou, most people had him down as maybe an NIT team. Uh, at best, and they're looking at the NCAA tournament and never having Michael Porter Jr. play for him, except for two minutes of a one basketball game. 
that's quite the accomplishment, considering how most people didn't think this was going to pan out anyway. Now, what would really change my mind, probably, is now the season isn't over by any means. I mean, we still got the, you know, all the tournaments left and everything, and then the NCAA tournament. So, but I think probably if he goes to the NCAA tournament and makes a deep run, okay, I could see Coach of the Year. But my deal is, though, if he makes an early exit in the first round, eh, I don't think I'm buying it. Thinking you just kind of got lucky. Now, you know, he goes to the Elite Eight or something. Okay. All right. You're talking about a team that was really been bad under Kim Anderson. Barely had any wins or anything. And now you took him all the way to the Elite Eight. Okay. I could see that. But right now where he sits on the season, I think there's other people more deserving. It's funny because I think you and me disagree on this. But it... The end result is I absolutely agree with you, too. Um, right now, I do believe he could be coach of the year. Uh, if he does not win another game from this point forward on this season, no, I've changed my mind. And I don't, I, I don't believe he, he would be. A uh, couple wins in the SEC tournament. A deep run in the, in the, uh, the, the big dance. And yes, I, I believe he absolutely needs to be coach of the year at that point. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Speaking of which, is KU still going to be a number one seed now that they got bombed <laughs> by Oklahoma State? I hate, I hate playing in Gallagher. I <laughs> Apparently, uh, KU does too. Yeah. <laughs> we won there last year because I was there at that game. That was a great game. One of my favorite I've ever been to, and we won. Uh, I want to say around ten or so. It was a close game up until the end, uh, but we just do not have a good track record of winning there. I, I, I almost see every year now when I see when we're going to Oklahoma State, you might as well write it on the schedule as a loss. You know what it is, don't you? Bill, Bill Self is like easing up, going, I don't really want to beat Oklahoma State because I kind of like these guys. It's his alma mater. It's my alma mater. Yeah, so he just backs off. Yeah, that's what it is. And maybe that's true. Maybe there's a conspiracy about that. They... Total conspiracy, and it started right here, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. <laughs> Bill Self, Bill Self loves Oklahoma State more than he does Kansas. <laughs> well, he didn't take the job, though, so he obviously doesn't love it that much. They weren't going to pay him as much money. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't have as good as cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> The food wasn't as good. There you so go. So he's just figured, you know, I'll just keep eating this good food and get my paychecks in. Adidas treats him well. There you go. I get a new free pair of shoes every month. So you know what? I'm going to stay here. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. It's, it's just ludicrous every year that we have to write that one off as a loss because it, it's almost like if we win there, it's a bonus. I mean, it's like, oh, well, we didn't expect that. You know, I wrote L, but I don't want to write a W, you know, go that in the wing column. So, but it is the game before the tournament. It's been a long season, so. Well, that's what I would ask you. Was that uh, a throwaway game, or was that a game that maybe you really should win just to kind of solidify that number one seating um, for a tournament? 
for the tournament for the NCAA tournament, or was that a throwaway game? Knowing you're probably a number one seed anyway. I think it's a little bit of both. <clears throat> I think it is a little bit of a throwaway, as in the fact that guys aren't focused. The tournament is approaching. You know, you got a couple of older guys that can feel that. Um, they know they should finish strong, but it's hard to finish strong when you know certain tides are going your way. So maybe they're kind of thinking, Oklahoma State doesn't have much to play for. If we just go there and play our game, you know, we throw down some dunks, we push them around a little bit, they'll fold. Which it could have been, could have what happened if they didn't. The problem is Oklahoma got out to, so State got out to such a hot start that if KU would have went up by 10 or 15, Oklahoma State probably would have folded. Because um, it is the last game of the year, essentially, for them. Um, they're going to go to the tournament, but they're not expecting to go very far, probably, in the tournament. They're not making the NCAA tournament. So maybe maybe that's it. It's just a lack of focus, which concerns me still because that's always been the problem with Bill Self in the NCAA tournament is that it seems like he can't ever get these guys focused up and everything. Now, part of that, people blame the one and done and everything like that. But at the end of the day... Somebody's going to win the games in the NCAA tournament, so why can't your guys do it? Because they are all affected by the same rules and regulations. They all still have one and dones and everything. So, how many games do, does Kansas need to win in the Big Twelve tournament to be a to number be a number one seed, or do they have to win any at all? I would say they at least have to win <clears throat> two. Okay, so that means they would be playing in the. Well, the first round's a bye. Yeah, so they'd be playing in the final, so they'd be final playing. game at least. Mm-hmm. They'd have to make it to the finals. They don't have to win, but you, you probably have to get there. Okay. With all these other number ones that are losing, I mean, you're you're going to have to... Well, and that's part of it, too, with all the other number ones losing as well. Where, where do they all stand? I would say they still stand somewhere. I, do we just flip coins? You could. <laughs> Honestly, with all these top teams right now and the rate they're losing at, it, it, nobody really wants to be – I mean, the only team that really stands out that wants to be a number one is Virginia. But, heck, they almost lost to Louisville the other night. Point nine seconds coming that back from four down. That's – I think – I think I'd give them the number one seed base off of that win alone. Yeah. They, I, they may have just won one game all year, and if they did it that way – I think I give them the number one seed. That is just a little crazy there. Yeah. So I mean, they're probably going to be the number one seed, but you know, I'm I, I'm going to guess KU is going to be the third number one seed. They're going to be the third team overall or fourth, somewhere around there, which is either going to put them in the West or something <clears throat> like that. Okay. Most likely they're going to be put in the West, but no matter what, they're going to be playing here in Wichita. So. It, they're still going to have a home game, essentially. So, I mean, that's probably how it's going to work out. Now, how the rest of the bracket shapes out, I don't know. You know, it's, it's crazy because people keep losing. It's like every day a top team, you, you think a team's solidified, they lose. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. Michigan State. All right, they're 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 probably going to be the second-ranked team, the number two, number one seed, and they lose. I don't there goes that. There, yeah, there goes that. So now, do you drop them, or do you just kind of keep them where they're at? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it depends on how the rest of the tournaments 
will play out. And that's uh, that's what you're going to have to wait and see because whoever wins these tr- these conference tournaments is really probably going to decide who really gets these number one seeds. Because there have been years before, <clears throat> and I think it's even happened. <clears throat> Excuse me, where KU was probably a number one seed no matter what in the world happened, and they'd bow out in maybe the first or second round of the of the uh, Big Twelve tournament. They're still a number one seed, and nobody even thought differently of that. Um, this year, I don't know if there's any team that can just bow out in their conference uh, and, and conference tournament and, and be secured in the fact that they're going to be a number one seed. I don't know if that's going to be possible this year. Probably not. <clears throat> I, I don't. I don't see that. Nearly Except exit. for maybe, like you did say, I, I, Virginia. That's looks, they look like they might be the the one guarantee. Aside of that, I'm not sure. It's about the only team I can name. So, other than that, we'll have to see, maybe. All right, folks, that's all we got for today. So, next weekend, we'll hopefully have a podcast. We'll probably be talking about all the conference tournaments because uh, it's March Madness now. Going right into that season. It's going to be an exciting tournament. We already know that. Um, especially teams can't beat anybody or stay consistent so it doesn't matter uh so the tournament's gonna work all that out i guess in a sense (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so all right so sign in next week and we'll uh, be talking about the tournament thanks see ya